All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Make the Grade podcast. We're talking tech. We are talking tech today and the dangers of tech and the things you got to be careful with, and but also maybe the advantages of tech. I got an excellent guest with me today who is an expert in all things tech. Did I mention tech? I think I did mention tech. Yes, we're talking tech today. The Make the Grade podcast. I'm Steve Green, your host. And uh, we are all about providing actions and information to parents and entrepreneurs and business people to help you maximize and to maximize your success and minimize your path to success. Ha! Huh, I stopped my own tagline. Could be one of those days. Hey, Matt Roseman, welcome. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you for having me. Yes, Matt is the aforementioned tech expert. Do you want to hear a little bit about Matt? Matt, you want to hear about yourself? Sure. Tell me about myself that I don't know already. Yeah, let me tell you something. You know, when you were 13, you built your own computer from scratch. And amazingly, it worked. Yes. I'm not not surprised, but it did. (laughs) This was the foundation of his career. And at first, he thought it might have been a hobby. But he continued to develop his tech skills through professional training and a passion for forecasting trends in technology with the goal of helping people become more productive. As an A-plus certified technology specialist, his career ranges from providing solutions for small businesses and tech companies to large financial firms and individual clients. He strives to deliver consistent positive results using experience in a multitude of platforms, protocols, applications, networks, PC hardware, and file systems. That is a mouthful, but it tells you the scope of what you got to deal with in this stuff, right? Uh, he also has exceptional customer service, sort of ability to communicate technical jargon that might otherwise uh, not be understood, and his knack for doing impressions. Impressions. What, give me an impression. Um, I could do Scotty on Star Trek. All right. Yeah, I guess it, it's uh, it's I'm a, I'm an engineer, not a doctor. No, that's um, <laughs> you want to hear it. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. But Captain, I'm giving her all she's got. I can't push her any faster. <laughs> There you go. See that? The guy, he does do a good Scotty. Um, anyway, uh, let's wrap up the bio here real quick. But for recreation, uh, his personality, he uh, has other interests outside of computers, nature, animal lover, joy, uh, joyous discovery channel, and animal planet watcher. Wow, we'll talk about that. Likes music and uh, love and gravity. You can say streaming music services contribute to getting his groove on. And so on and so on. I'll get back to some of this, but let let's tell let me tell everybody why I asked Matt to be on the podcast. It is because as education and as business becomes more and more dependent on technology, and I dare say it's pretty dependent right now, maybe super super dependent right now. Uh, I can't go into a classroom anymore without seeing if there's 32 kids, there's 34 computers in the room because the teacher's got one, and there's a spare one somewhere. It also has some inherent dangers, right? I know you could probably talk about that for about a month, <laughs> but uh, let's at least, what I wanna talk about here is some safe tech practices for parents, things you gotta be careful about, maybe some things that you aren't aware are happening and kids may be exposed to. Matt, sort us off with this. Um, you know, we, we do it, what's kind of the whole vibe right now with tech? Is, is it going in a good direction, going in a bad direction? You know, what, what's your take on it? We'll just try to start there and we'll take it back to kids. I mean, it really is a potpourri for right now. And so what's happening is that technology is getting better where it's physically better. You have 
your 5G, you have uh, your smart cars, you have laptops that are two or three pounds. I mean, things that weren't fathomable, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, you could sit there and, you know, watch movies while you're going 80 miles an hour. You can get on the internet in so many different places and areas you know, throughout the world. So it's made the world a much smaller place. And we're, the, the beauty of Zoom and what we're doing now is we're able to connect with people that we never would find in real life. For example, like you and I never would have crossed paths in real life had it not been for Zoom. So it opens up a whole new world of possibilities of what's out there. So start, you know, technology right now is like Star Trek. We're boldly going where we haven't gone before. Look at what's going on with the privatization of spaceships between Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, where we're having other companies do that. So technology is great in that respect, where we're making strides and we're getting more out there and different ways of communicating and connecting with people. However, there are the pitfalls. And the pitfalls, the big thing is identity theft, uh, what's going on. I've had to deal with that, you know, um, personally and also with my clients. You have, you know, credit card scams and people getting, you know, hacked into their accounts. Look what happened with T-Mobile just recently and AT&T, among other things. So the problem is, is that with all of the attacks, and with all of the security things, you have to be vigilant. And unfortunately, it, it isn't cliche anymore. What you don't know can hurt you. And that's where I come in to sit there and to play Hootie and the Blowfish, hold your hand and tell you, okay, this is where you go. This is what you do. These are the steps and procedures to follow to help you know, protect yourself. So I can't avoid the car accident, but I can give you the proverbial airbag the seatbelt, and the good insurance company when it comes to your technology for yourself or for your children, or even on the uh, entrepreneur and professional side as well. That is a man of many metaphors. But but that's sometimes a better way to explain it, right? See? So you're right. It's inevitable your tech's going to break because it's 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 a machine, right? It, it has a, a obsolescent lifespan. Let's Let's get into this specifically. I'm a parent. I got a kid who's got technology. They probably have a phone. They probably have a laptop. They might have a tablet as well. They got two, three pieces of tech, right? They're maybe using it for school. They're probably using it to communicate with their friends. Uh, start with, let's, let, let's kind of start on the negative. Obviously, there's the best advantages to that, but uh, tracking software, what's that all about to the parents who never heard of it? Well, tracking software is exactly what it sounds like where you're able to monitor what your kids are doing. So the mm. problem is, is that um, there's so many nefarious things out there that they can get either access to or see, especially with like Instagram and TikTok and things like that, or even OnlyFans. And you as a parent, especially with the child being a certain age or not, have to be vigilant of that. Also, there could be social apps that, you're, that you haven't heard of um, that your kids are using and they're using to communicate so you don't know what's going on. So mm -hmm. ultimately, it's 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 basically a balance of you being a parent and uh, how much do you trust your child and what freedoms, quote unquote, do you want to give your kids in terms of their privacy? So it's 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 a harmony between the privacy and you being the parent. 
Now, there is tracking software out there from Google, from Microsoft, from Apple, where you can limit uh, how long your kids are on. You can get uh, activity reports of what they're doing. Uh, you can block them depending on uh, the age group in terms of certain content on the phone. And then also, uh, you can sit there and uh, talk about passwords, whether they have a password or not, uh, which is good because if the phone is lost and how do you recover it? Or do you check as a parent? Do you say, okay, every so often, I'm going to make sure that you're not going where you shouldn't go. And so there'll be, you know, you know, random checks where you say, okay, give me your phone. I want to see what you're doing. And so ultimately that's another way of doing it or say, God forbid, you do some, they do something wrong where they're not supposed to, or they're contacting people they shouldn't, this is what's going to happen. So you also have to explain to your kids that having a cell phone is a luxury, not requirement. And so they have to treat it like a gift that can be taken away if they misbehave or they don't follow the rules. Um, so ultimately, those things have to occur and happen. Or let's say you can't get in. How do you get to their information? And I have ways to sit there and get around that. So, gotcha. it, so it's it's not just the, the tracking aspect. It's even something like, let's say, God forbid, they lose the phone. Who's responsible for that? Does a child pay for that? Out of like, for example, their allowance? Or do the, do the parents pay for that? And they give them um, another phone just, you know, you know, just to be nice? Or do you have a, a protection program where the phone is lost or stolen, you know, through like a cell phone provider or um, through a carrier that you need a replacement at a nominal cost? So those are all things that have to be considered uh, when having a children have any device, you know, a computer, a tablet, or uh, a phone. So let I mean, even this is a lot to chew on. So just to be clear, a tracking software is a program that could be installed on a phone or a computer or a tablet, I suppose, where the parent would have some ability to either see what the, the children are doing on the computer and or physically where the computer is or the phone is or whatever, right? Yeah. In fact, you can actually track your apps that will track your child so you know where their location is okay. at all times. All right. So this could be a positive thing. I mean, you, you got it immediately an argument, you know, it, the 16-year-old going to want this to happen. Of course not. There's an age where the parents just got to say, look, we're doing this. If you want a phone, we're going to have this on there. Um, you know, some of this is a communication thing because I, one of the most common complaints I get you know, my kid, they spend 20 minutes on homework and they spend four hours on their phone. So they're, they're blaming not the phone per se, but the things that the phone does to distract kids uh, on sometimes on kids' academic missteps. Um, it, what would your advice be to a parent? Just, just kind of simply. Parent says, hey, Matt, uh, you know, I, I get the tech. I mean, phones work. They're not going to break that often. But uh, it, it, it's important to put you know, like, Hey, you can only use your phone till nine at night or, or, or there's certain apps I just don't want on their phone or something like that. I'm just going to use the phone as a simplistic example of all things tech, but how, how would you recommend a parent have that conversation with the child knowing it might be different with an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old and a, say a 16-year-old? Well, I mean, the easiest way to do it is you got to establish boundaries before you start giving your kids phones. Say, okay, you want a phone, you're this age, this is what I expect of you. And this is what um, I don't expect of you. And you have to, you know, 
say this is how you're going to be rewarded. You got to get good grades. You have to show up to school. You can't sit there and be on the phone all day long. Um, you know, there have to be certain responsibilities met to be able to keep that phone. Hence the luxury analogy I used before and say, okay, if these certain criteria are, 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 are followed, then you will get to keep your phone and use your phone. However, if you fail to do these certain sets of criteria, these are the consequences that result from you not listening to what I say. Hmm. And sometimes it's like the old days, like uh, parents saying, look, if you don't do your homework, you don't get the car on Friday night. Exactly. (laughs) Kind of. But but listen, the parents got to be the parent. I've said that countless times on this, not just in this podcast and a lot of conversations I've had parents are the the bosses. You know, if they, if they don't enforce the rules, the kids are not going to sit there and enforce them upon themselves. Um, let me ask you one last thing from the parent-student perspective. Uh, in, in, in a, in a, how do you, and this isn't something we really talked about before, but do you think that the, uh, the proliferation of technology in, in education is a good thing net or a bad thing net? How do you, how do you feel about that it, as an it, IT it, professional? It is definitely a good thing. I mean, I wish I had the internet like, you know, kids that are going to school had now. The plethora of information that out there is astounding. I mean, back when I was going to school in, in high school and junior high and elementary, we had the library. I know that's a poor concept now. <laughs> you know, it's incredible. Almost like, Books, almost, a book. I know, an actual book with pages on it. You know, it wasn't an ebook. So to actually get to go to a physical place, exactly. To actually have a physical <laughs> for those place. Of you, for those of you on Radio Land, I'm actually holding up a book with pages. Yeah. So actually to go to location to look up information, like remember like the Dewey Decimal System, you know, yes, kids, Dewey kids, Decimal System. Kids, kids today will, will, will never know what the hell that is unless they go to the actual library and see. So ultimately it gave you the library at the palm of your hand or mm-hmm. at, at your home. And that to me is a great plus of all the educational things on there, all the online classes, the e-learning, the Zooms and the Teams. I mean, Teams, teams, uh, teams and Zoom were only prevalent the past couple of years. So to have that to teach and that, that's what got the world through the pandemic was to be able to teach their kids remotely. And even though it wasn't perfect, it, it was a great solution to do that because had that not occurred five years ago, we wouldn't have the luxury that we had to send kids to school and to have them still uh, get education. Yeah, I've had this discussion. In fact, I had somebody on the podcast. We This was the main topic was if it hadn't been for the ability to teach remotely, even with its flaws and its inabilities at times, there may not have been school for a year. I mean, kids might have just been at home doing nothing. Yeah, it would have been like an like 11 month snow day. Exactly. Um, and so ultimately, by having computers that were fast enough, internet you know, connections that were fast enough, webcams that had the ability to sit there and to be able to transmit audio and video so people can understand it within a reasonable amount of time. That's what made it worthwhile for kids to be able to go to school this past year. I mean, it is pretty cool. I was out to dinner the other night and uh, I don't even know how it came up, but we were trying to figure out, it was an Italian restaurant and we were saying, you know, how much would this have been in Lira? Because an Italian Lira is like 1200 American dollars. So it's like, you're you're like a millionaire in Italy. You only have like 5,000 American dollars. Um, So one of our friends just grabbed the phone and goes, you know, hey, phone, uh, how much, how, what's one, $1 is how many lira? I don't remember. I think it was 1900 something, but you know, other, how would we've gotten that information otherwise? 
Well, to, to sum this up a little bit, because this is a deep thing, parents, it's up to you to set limitations, boundaries, rules for how your kids are going to use technology. It should be age appropriate. It should be uh, kind of just situation appropriate. That's my opinion. I, I think Matt would agree with that. There's some deeper concerns, though. You got to look at, you know, like tracking. I mean, you hear stories, you know, uh, some, I mean, I don't really want to get into a heavy discussion, but there's people taking advantage of people over computers, right? You got like pedophiles stalking people. You got people scamming people out of money. And kids can be sometimes, because uh, they're innocent and they think somebody just wants to be their friend, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, uh, easy marks for, for these sort of scams. So this is even more where the, the parents need to jump in. Hey, this is the Make the Great Podcast. Steve Green, your host, my guest, Matt Roseman, the IT genius of the world. The guy, Matt leads the league in, in nicknames. Um, I, I only remember about six of them, but but I'll start. He's the Duke of Data. All right, Matt, give me another one. The uh, Potpourri uh, here, of the let PC. Me, let me, let me pop hey, give me two right now. We, we don't okay. want to give them all away at first. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you some of the uh, the acute ones that I have. Here. All right. Just give, give me have... three. Give me three. Don't overthink it. Go ahead. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going to say um, PC Pelican. PC Pelican. Got it. I'm going to say the technical tiramisu. Technical tiramisu. Got it. And um, let me see what else here that I have. Um, I like Duke oh, Data. The, uh, the uh, Mac Daddy and the Daddy Mac. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. See, now we're talking. The fans love it. We'll get to three others later. Anybody's got a new nickname for PC Matt here? You know, just send it in or uh, put it in the comments or do what you got to do. So we could, I think, dive a lot deeper into the, uh, the, the children's world. But I want to get into business a little bit as well. Uh, again, the Make the Great Podcast, Steve Green, my guest, Matt Roseman. This is about actions and information that we're trying to give you as parents, as entrepreneurs, as business people that you can put into place right away. Secure your phone, secure your tech. Let's talk about business. Let's talk about entrepreneurs because they're going to have some of the same issues, right? I mean, they're still using phones or they're uh, exposed to some of the same dangers. They might have bigger ones though because they got a lot more at risk, right? Somebody hacks into a kid's phone, I don't know, messes up their contacts, it's not the end of the world. Somebody hacks into a business, steals all their customers' data, or like when I was in Florida, got stuck down there because they hacked that pipeline or whatever was going on there. You might know a little more of the detail. Yeah, that, that was the Keystone pipeline. I, yeah, I couldn't get gasoline, right? Because they yeah. shut it down. They had to pay them a gazillion dollars. Um, it can be a much bigger issue, but probably the concerns aren't that much different on a kind of technological level. But talk about this. What's a way Let's do it this way. We know the dangers are out there, right? The average person has heard of malware, ransomware, all these nutty people breaking into your computer, your business, and holding you hostage for money. Um, from your perspective, you're like the guardian, right? How can you prevent or how can you counsel businesses to prevent this from happening? I mean, the best solution is being proactive and not reactive. And so you have to assume that everything that you use, whether it's your computer, your internet, your router, your printers, your phones, your tablets, um, any device that goes online is a target. Even your smart plug to turn on your, 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 your light is a target. So you have to sit there and protect everything. And so ultimately, 
if you get an alarm system on, you know, or, or, or a webcam surveillance system for your house, you're not, you're not protecting the front door, you're protecting every door. So every potential door has to have like a bouncer there. So, I mean, you're, you're not going to get Bill Gates to protect your door. You're going to want Hulk Hogan to protect your door, brother, <laughs> you know, so. Eat your uh, vitamins. Exactly. <laughs> Say so your prayers. Exactly. <laughs> so ultimately, that's what you want is you want to have that level of security. And that's where I come in to say, okay, these are all the devices that you're running. These are ways to protect them. And these are the phones and the tablets and computers that you're running. These are further ways to protect them. So everything has a layer of security. So unless you get through all these gates, you cannot get in. And that helps to mitigate it. Can I stop it 100%? Absolutely not. Because if something is going on, from a different company's end that's not on your end or mm -hmm. there's a on the hardware software that doesn't get fixed by the manufacturer, I'm always so talented. But ultimately, a lot of steps can be taken on all those facets and levels to protect those devices accordingly. All right, I'm gonna, let's, try a little, let's try a little sort of quiz here. I'm going to read off something. You tell me if it's a good or a bad idea to do. Okay. All right. Do a, a routine monthly maintenance physical cleaning and virtual tune-up and optimization of your hardware? Yes. I mean, I typically, for most people, will say every three to six months, almost like an oil change. But, you know, okay. some people I do monthly, you know, back, especially if you're critical, like a, like a CPA or a doctor, definitely mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's part of Okay, cool. so that's a, that's a good idea, right? Yes. And is this something you might be able to help people with? Yes, and I, I do that for at least a couple clients where they see me monthly just for that reason alone. God forbid something happens. Okay. So then this could also apply in a home environment, right? People Correct. Might have, yes. they might have their banking in there, whatever. Okay. So routine maintenance, check, do it. Okay. Number two, good or bad idea, Matt, back up your data locally or on the cloud or both. both. Good or bad idea. Both. Okay. Definitely. What's that all about? Explain okay. that to. So us. you have to assume that one method may not be the ideal situation for example let's say, let's say right. let's say you can't go on the internet how are you going to sit there and get your information because the cloud or the internet has your information or let's say the backup drive you're using goes bad or the software broke on the drive you know that runs it and you can't get to your your backup so the backup is corrupted so that that does happen where do you go then what do you do so by having something locally or not, that can make a huge difference. So ultimately, having the best of both worlds is important. Why just have the cake without the frosting? You have to have the both. And you have some free sprinkles on there too. I like it. You know, you know what? It's one of my favorite words. And I think is you could add this to your nickname list. The, the rogue of redundancy. <laughs> I like that one. You like that? That's a good one. Yeah, right? I mean, rogue. Yeah, I but but I mean, the point is, I got a computer. I got I got years of data on students, families, some of it confidential, and I don't want anybody hacking that. I have it stored locally. I got it stored on two different cloud devices. I got redundancy. I should have a shirt. I have redundancy. All right, good or bad idea number three: protective security measures to avoid hacking malware or security breaches and ransomware. Ransomware. Good or yes. bad idea to have that. Okay. Good to have it. And even your phones, your tablets can get it too. Mm. So yes, your, your, everything is potentially a target and what you don't know and you can't see can be watching you whether you realize it or not. 
Hmm. Let me ask you a question because I don't really understand the tech. I assume it. I assume to hack the computers that control a bank or a pipeline is pretty sophisticated stuff. I mean, I assume, right? I mean, I, I mean, I know very little about programming, um, but I would think somebody who had to be a fairly accomplished uh, person in the tech, whatever, but how do they actually, how do they get into these things? So they log in and then somehow back their way into a mainframe or is it just vary as many ways as, as it happens? Uh, it's basically a multitude of things. One of the classic ways is they uh, look for security holes. So basically what they do is they'll do um, a denial of service attack to see if they can sit there and see um, if it comes back or not. They can also look for ports, almost like an open window in your car or your home to see if something is vulnerable. Or hmm. they can send out a, a, a phishing or a smishing email where it makes it look like it's somebody legit from the company, somebody clicks on it, it opens a back door into the computer, which opens a back door to, the, uh, to their network. Mm-hmm. And then they can get administration privileges and then sign into the computer. I remember one um, time a friend of mine got an email with an attachment on it and somehow they opened it and it somehow downloaded a program that self-replicated itself. Exactly. So it kept copying itself, itself over and over and it filled their whole hard drive. Exactly. And then they couldn't delete it and the hard drive basically got... Uh, couldn't work because it had too much data on it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so that's, that's all it does is it runs a script. For example, like a script could be telling your dog to walk dog and fetch the ball, but imagine telling that to a thousand or 10,000 dogs and they all right. do it at the same time. And that's what happens when you have these attacks. Mm. So, all right, here we go. Good, good or bad idea. Number four, have a IT professional have remote access to your system so they can put your phone your phone and your computers whenever needed. Good or bad idea? Good as long as you could trust them. If, if, mm. if you're not sure about trusting them and they don't appear to be uh, reputable or have a moral check, then at that point, that's that's a question mark. So none of nobody that has ever used me has ever had that problem because ultimately I'm not vindictive or malicious. So let me, but you have those people that are out there and that's something to concern about. So me, in that me, respect, trust is definitely earned and not given. So let me, let me let the world in a little secret. I wouldn't have had Matt on the show if it wasn't <laughs> trustworthy. Okay. Matt, don't listen. This isn't about you. Okay. Anyway. What are you um, saying, Steve? I couldn't hear you. I, nothing. I was, I was, I was coughing. Sometimes when you cough on a podcast, you like you mute yourself so people can't hear you. Okay. Good or bad idea number five. Have some sort of hardware protection in case something goes bad with your computer physically. Yes. Yes. You always Good want to idea. sit there okay. and have a backup in that respect, too. All right. All right, so let's recap this. I'm going to say them again. You get excited about how great these ideas are. Routine monthly or quarterly maintenance. Definitely. Data backups. Absolutely. Protective security measures. Indubitably. Remote access from trustworthy people only. Yes. And hardware protection. Now, these are really business-centered sort of things, but they would also go for kind of, you know, home system, especially nowadays. We've got networks. Sure. And, and often, you know what happens too now? A lot of people at home are, are uh, wired, probably isn't the right word, but it's sort of a, a metaphorical use into work, right? Yes. Like my wife can come home and from a computer sitting in our dining room table, um, log into the, the, her work, which I've got to think in some ways creates some kind of security, at least potential issue. I mean, obviously there's passwords, but it's not like 20 of them. Um, 
let's 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 go in a little bit different direction. Uh, what kind of computer do you have? You a Windows guy or a Mac guy? I am both. Both. Rare. You're you're like uh, you're like uh, a, a ambidextrous. Yeah. Well, I'll go you one better. I do Chrome as well, and I do Android, and I do you know Apple or the iPhone, and I even do Linux. So I speak multiple languages in that respect. So you, you're you're all over everyone, okay? Because you know the world is kind of like a, the Apple people and the non-Apple people, the PC people. Um, what, what's what's your favorite kind of work to do here? You you like fixing stuff? You like training people? What do you like to do? Um, it's basically a combination of of the two, where you know each aspect has its own values and merit, and so you being an educator would perfectly understand that that even though you're one person you can make a positive difference and impact in somebody else's life, especially a child's life. So mm -hmm. ultimately I like teaching people, you know, that want to learn and that are not only patient with me, but patient with themselves. And you get to have them grow despite their age. Cause a lot of my clientele tends to be older or elderly. And um, sometimes they're hesitant because they didn't grow up with the technology or they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. And that's why I help, you know, you know, ease their mind and, uh, you know, comfort them and tell you, okay, if you run into a problem, I'm here to hold your hand. Almost like when you're a kid and you're on a tricycle, you know, and you're trying to go to two wheeler and they want to take the wheels off so you can go ride the bike and not fall down in case you fall down. I'm here to help you up. And so, you know, mm. teaching is great. It's, it's awesome in that respect, but also I like fixing things too. People that, you know, think their computer is, you know, a good, you know, cup holder or, um, you know, let's see how well gravity works and throw it off the window, you know, and physics, you know, at play. And I get to say, okay, I get to save your, you know, machine from, you know, computer rigor mortis and bring it back to life, almost like Frankenstein. And then you have a machine that works again, or it's so old, it's not worth it. This is what you do. And I'm going to help you move from one house to another to get you to where you need to be. It's alive. Hey, I got, I got an idea for you. Never think about this. Do you ever think about partnering with an educator? I might know one. Really? Do tell. This, and put together a, uh, 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 I'm going to call it an internet, but that's really not probably the perfect word, safety course and gear for parents. I could do that. We could do that. We could do that. Yes, you and I. Yes, think about that. I'll, I'll have my agent call your agent. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, yeah, I like it because there's got to be a need. I mean, parents, if you, what do you think? If you're listening to this, you want to learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper into this? You know, we talked about a lot of stuff. Let's recap. This is the Make the Rate Podcast. My guest, Matt Rossman, what did I just call you? The Rogue of Redundancy? Yeah, it's, it's Rosman. Data. Roseman. Roseman, what did I call you? You call me Rossman. Rossman, I'm oh, sorry. Roseman, I, I should know. My mother's maiden name. I should know that. Really? Uh, your, your mother's maiden name is Roseman? It is. Yes, it is. It's on her birth certificate. I could, wow. I could show it offline. That's 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 a... Uh, yeah, let's, let's review here a little bit. So we are, again, Make the Great Podcast with Matt Roseman. Um, we are about helping you parents, entrepreneurs, tackle things and take action, just improve stuff. I would like it if you got done this podcast, even pause it right in the middle, pause button, go do something that's going to help you. Get your kids set up for safety. Think about some tracking software. Think about setting up rules in your house. Thinking about boundaries, what can kids can and can't do. Remember, a phone or a computer, it's not a luck. It's not a, a, a need. It's a luxury. It still is. They don't have to have one. I mean, they might cry if they don't. I have a backup plan, right? And if you're a business person, all the stuff we just got talking about. 
right? Maintenance, backups, security measures, all this stuff. And this is stuff that's kind of obvious, but you know what? Some people don't do it until it's too late. And Matt, I guarantee you, Matt, do you ever have a story where somebody says, my hard drive broke, my computer won't turn on. And you say, oh, that's no big deal. I'll just back it up for you. And they're like, and you're, where's their backup? And they're like, oh, uh, that ever happened? All the time. Yeah, unfortunately, right? And then they're, they're S-O-L. Yes, to say, the say it's a family show, but we can't say what that means. But yes. and and how hard would it have been for them to back it up? Not not hard. I mean, most backups where you have to intervene are like five or ten minutes. Yeah, can, can, five or ten minutes. Backup, can, and how long would it take the average person to try to recreate two years worth of data? I mean, can you take a vacation for a year, year and a half? Well, you that's know? what I'm saying. So here's your choice, people: get with someone like Matt. Take 15, 20 minutes, half hour. It's not expensive. Backups are not big bucks, especially when you get a professional guiding you. And, and you know, it's insurance, right? It's insurance for your data. Um, I'm going to read something here. Matt provided me with a very compelling bio, which I couldn't read the whole thing before because it was a little long. So I split it into two parts. Do you want to hear his philosophy? Who wants to hear his philosophy? Okay. All right. Here we his professional attitude, customer service, and work preparation are three cornerstones of his business. He's honest, straightforward, and transparent. And I will, I will concur with that because I've known Matt a little while. His clients know what to expect. He's known for being accessible. He deals with the clients directly, emphasizing that his cell phone is my friend. I answer and return calls in a timely manner. He's well-prepared and brings in an array of spare parts of diagnostic software and tools to any appointment when he goes out to somebody's site, getting like you, site. <laughs> As a result of his professionalism, he's developed many loyal clients and a strong referral base. Does it all, Macs, PCs, Chrome, whatever the other one was, Linex, I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the Make the Great Podcast. Do you have anything else you wanna add we didn't get to? Did I forget anything? Um, no, but if anybody's uh, looking for me online, Yes. You can find me on Matt's, M-A-T-T-S, that's plural, PCService.com, Matt's PCService.com, or you can Google Matt's Matt, PC and Mac Service, the word and, and you'll find it there. You also find me on LinkedIn, um, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Matt dash Roseman, R-O-S-E-M-A-N. We will put all this uh, critically important information in the show notes for those of you who who don't uh, want to look anywhere else. Uh, I happen to know Matt lives in Southeast Florida, sort of uh, near Fort Lauderdale-ish, uh, but he's a Northeast guy. Born and raised where, Matt? Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. Who's talking to you? Yeah, you miss you miss uh, the Northeast? I do. Um, I miss um, people. Um, well, you got people in Florida. Yeah, but there. the people up there are typically nicer. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> also, I miss the seasons. For example, mm -hmm. like the leaves don't fall down here unless it's a hurricane, you know. And so, also the hills, because the only hills that are down here are like the yeah, garbage right. stuff, you yeah, know, or the on ramps. Exactly. So, hmm. to, you know, how to change the season. But ultimately, when you're, you know, when you're cold in January, I'm wearing shorts, you know, outside. So everything has wow. its pros and cons. You don't have to rub that part in. The um, here's the cool thing though, Matt's sitting there in in Florida, but guess what? He can help you anywhere in the world, almost. Maybe not with a physical repair. I've known people Matt's done computer setups for. They'll buy a computer, he'll walk them through doing it. 
all sorts of diagnostics off-site. Guy does great work. I really uh, think, and we're going to get back. I'm going to get my agent calling you about this class. I think it's a good idea. I actually it think is, it's definitely. a very good idea. I, do, is that a good idea? Thank you, audience. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Another episode of the Make the Great Podcast. I forget what number we're up to. We're coming up on 130, 130. Um, if you are interested in being a guest on the Make the Great Podcast, I am booking out the next three months. If you know somebody else, uh, just would talk to parents, give information, things like this. Great job by Matt. Um, also, if you liked what you heard today and you're not already, please, 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 please become a subscriber. That helps me to help more people. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean that in a servant way. I think the more people that get this information, the more value that gets out there, the more people that avoid problems, get solution to issues that they have, things like that. It is almost back to school time here, which is not going to be relevant if you're listening to this in February. But the next five or six podcasts are all back to school themed. So if you're listening to this, it's a fresh download. Uh, you got some good stuff coming up, especially if you got kids uh, getting their back to school haircuts and their new lunch boxes and uh, their new shoes. My mom used to make me buy shoes every year. We used to go to the same shoe store, buy shoes for back to school. And they were so uncomfortable. They didn't want to wear them. I used to cry because they hurt my heels. They like dig into the back of my heel and you couldn't run in them. You can't run in shoes. I don't know. Maybe you didn't have that problem. Maybe it was just me. So I'd get my hair cut, buy shoes the same day and like two shirts. I'd wear the same two shirts all year. <laughs> all right, Matt. Roseman, thank you very much. People appreciate it. Matt, you got any uh, final words you want to leave everybody with? Um, I appreciate your help. You know, um, like Troy Puth, I'm only a phone call away. And, uh, you know, I'm here to help you. And ultimately, my goal, because I'm very lucky with this is my passion and my profession, my heart's into it. Ultimately, my goal is to have your technology to work with you and for you. And that's where I shine. That's where I can assist you on many different levels. So if you're having problems, and you're experiencing more drama than Britney Spears getting along with her dad. It's Super Matt Nerd to the rescue. There we go. Let's let's uh, take it home on that. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.